Hello everybody, and this is Ryan, and welcome back to Random House. In today's episode, we're going to do a two-parter. That's because I feel so strongly about both of these things, I feel only right to include them both in the same segment. And that is going to be road etiquette, and how you handle driving, whether it be defensive driving because of the psychopaths that seemingly drive on the roads these days, or the aggressive driving that most of the U.S. is doing these days. And the second part is going to be bathroom etiquette, which is something here at my workplace is a very, very disturbing issue that I just don't see how this hasn't turned into an epidemic between all <clears throat> men and women because it is it is just repulsive. So first things first, driving on the roads these days is terrifying. Lucky for me, I grew up in a small town in Vermont, and I went to college in the big city in Vermont, Burlington, which by big, I mean it's 60,000 people, and there's no more than two lane highways, and there's one rotary that drives people up the wall because nobody knows exactly what a rotary is, and they just pretty much do the Chevy Chase drive around in circles until they seemingly find their way out. And there was never an issue with traffic. In my hometown, I never locked my car. I was able to do 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit on the back roads because cops were non-existent and you never had to worry about someone coming because there's only 1,500 people that live there. So the chances of them being on the road at the same time as you is pretty slim. But most of the U.S. deals with congestion and traffic and headaches and road rage. And that's something that I'm starting to learn about as I move to Rochester, New York, where the drivers are notoriously horrible. I don't know why. I've seen in movies and when I drove on vacation, I kind of realized, oh, yeah, you know, traffic sucks and people are pretty bad drivers and joked about it. But now that I live it firsthand, it's, it's horrible and I don't know what's going on. Every day that I have to drive on the roads, even on a sunny day, let alone if it's raining or, heaven forbid, snowing, I'm taking my life at risk because people are driving so aggressively. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this aggressive driving. The main reason is people are running late. People are always running late to work, to bring their kids to school or to soccer practice or late to their hair appointment or their nail appointment or wherever the hell they're going, they're late. I don't understand. It's like driving around with the bunny from Alice in Wonderland at all times. But just because you're late, you don't have to cut me off on the road when there's plenty of room behind me and it'll take an extra five seconds of your total trip not to cut me off. That puts me, as a defensive driver, slamming my brakes. I'm on edge now. I'm irritable. I'm going to go to work with a story of how this piece of shit cut me off and yeah it's going to be a good story but nobody cares because everybody gets cut off here it's just something part of the morning commute you have to live with i'm serious you start telling someone i can't believe what happened to me on the road and they're like oh yeah ryan i know it, it happens every day so why is everybody late why don't you just leave earlier isn't the form of insanity doing the same thing over and over again? So, in theory, if you leave at 7.45 and you have to be to work at 8 and every day you run into the same traffic and you have to drive aggressively to get there, why don't you leave at 7.40? Is something really holding you back in the morning that you can't leave five minutes earlier? Because I don't think there is, and if there is, then I think it's time to take a long look at your home life and say, what can I do to 
you know, save five minutes. Maybe take your morning shit at work. Get paid to do it. Why not? A lot of people do it. It's a good thing. It's one of the many great perks of working. Or maybe don't stop and get that Dunkin' Donuts coffee every morning. That could take anywhere from 30 seconds to 10 minutes. But you know what? People are going to do it because they're creatures of habit and they need it. But what they won't do is leave five goddamn minutes earlier so I don't have to be scared for my life driving to work on time. The other thing besides cutting people off that they're good at here is they won't let you merge. If you're getting onto the 90 or the interstate and there's someone in the lane that you need to get in and you're, you're running out of road on your, your end, they're not moving over for you. You're going to either have to gun it and hope to God that your four-cylinder engine can make it in front of this douchebag who doesn't want to let you in. He's going to speed up too. Or you have to slam your brakes and hopefully the guy behind you realizes what's going on and is ready for you to slam your brakes so you don't get rear-ended. Because they're not letting you in. Even if there's plenty of room to the left of them, they're not giving up ground. What is going on, Rochester? I know everybody took driver's ed. I know. It's a rule. It's a law. I took it. I learned how to drive. Granted, it was in Vermont, and it was easy, and, you know, I had to parallel park around a cow, pretty much. I did learn the rules of the road, and I know all of you nice people of Rochester, New York, know how to drive deep down. Deep below the coffee stains, and the goldfish crackers, and the, and the time constraints and the anger, there is a good driver in there, and... Maybe something has to happen. Maybe you have to get into an accident first. And then once you get into that accident, you'll learn, hey, maybe I need to leave earlier and not be such a bad driver. And something really sad is happening to me. I'm, I'm becoming an angry driver. I never was angry before. I, I didn't have road rage. Well, I guess I did have a little bit of road rage, but as much road rage as you could possibly have when someone, maybe when someone goes 65 on the interstate and I really want to be going 72. I get a little angry, but I don't act on it. I just yell to myself in the car like a savage beast, and my girlfriend tells me to shut up. But here, I'm flipping people off. I'm tailgating. I'm doing things that I probably shouldn't be doing because there's people here that will probably get out of their car and beat the shit out of me. I'm not a fighter. They take one look at me, they, I'm vulnerable. I'm like that little kitten on the side of the road that's sick and needs to be nursed, but mommy's nowhere to be found. And they see the Vermont plates, and they immediately think, oh, this guy can't drive. It's this guy's fault. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Look at this. Look at this douchebag. He's out here on the New York roads. And, oh, get him off the road. But it's not me, buddy. It's the guy in front of me who's being a ridiculous driver and ruining my day. And it's only 730 in the morning. We need to fix this. I will get with anybody to release a video or a statement or a banner, maybe I'll rent a billboard, and just say, hey, smarten up, let's make today a great day to drive, and let's leave 20 minutes early, and let's just, let's just do it right. And you know, I thought I was done about the driving right there, but I just remembered something else that they do here that they're really bad at. They're really bad at parking. Now I know sometimes it's hard to park between the lines, because the some people just park bad and you're stuck to park bad and then those people leave and it makes you look like the bad guy because 
there wasn't any room originally, but then someone left, and now you look like a you look like an idiot. But people here take up two spots, take up three spots. They park on curbs. They park illegally. They park where there's a sign that clearly says no one parking here. Do you think you're like the god of the road? Do you think you can make your own rules? Are there no are there no meter maids out there to come give you a ticket, or are they too scared of you? What is going on? You don't get to park anywhere you want to park. You're not the fire department. Just because you want to run into a pizza place, you don't get to park on the curb or on somewhere that's going to block me from being able to turn onto my road. Oh, parking is another thing that just Rochester's not good at. And blinkers. Cars have blinkers. It's a rule. It's another one of those rules like driver's ed. Your car has to have two functioning blinkers to even get inspected. So I know they're there. I know they probably work. It takes very little effort to turn the blinker on. And it alerts me, the cautious driver, with the green Vermont plate and the bright red Jeep that's behind you, that you're going to be turning into a different lane. Because maybe I want to go in that same lane, and I don't know that you want to go in that lane, and then you just jerk your nice 2003 Honda in front of me, and it makes me angry. And now I'm obligated to tailgate you and flip you off. And I don't want to. I really don't. I want to be a good guy. I want to be that nice, smiley Vermonter who waves and has straw in his mouth and drinks maple syrup straight out of the jug. But you make me mad. But with all that being said, I know Rochester, New York is not the only city in the world with bad drivers. And you're probably all out there like, this guy doesn't even know bad drivers. I live in D.C. or Boston or New York, where I don't think I could ever drive. I would just give up my car and take the bus or the subway or walk because I, I can't handle it. It stresses me out. I'm scared for my life in Rochester, let alone into a bigger city. But for me, transitioning from my little town and little city to this disaster is life-changing for me. And it's something I'm working on every day. But I'm serious. Rochester, New York is bad at driving. And if you don't believe me, come on down, drive around for a half hour, bang your head off the window, go back home and say, hey, he was right. These guys suck at driving. And I'm glad he warned me. But now let's get into the real subject that bothers me. And that is toilet etiquette. Oh, it is something that you're probably not going to, want to hear me talk about, but it is an epidemic at the Postal Service where I work. Now, I work at the Postal Service here in Rochester, and I work at a processing plant. And the processing plant is broken up into three sections. It's a long, mile-long building, and there's the carriers who deliver the mail in the far end of the building. In the middle are called clerks and mail handlers who handle the mail and the, handle the mail that you're going to be getting in the mailbox. And then there's the, they're called EAS employees, like supervisors or people who are management, and they're in the other end of the building where I am. Now, for whatever reason, the one toilet that is where the management is, is the designated shitting bathroom. And it's not just EAS employees shitting, it's every type of employee shitting. It is the carriers who walk almost a half mile to get to this bathroom to dump the load, or it's the clerks or mail handlers who come in just to devastate the rest of us. And I don't understand it. There's 15 toilets and bathrooms in this facility, but they all come to this one 
to drop the deuce. And it is an epidemic. I was not kidding about that word. Every day you go in there and it is just methane gas and horrible, horrible, horrible smells. And I can't deal with it. And I'm not going to walk a half mile to go to another bathroom because that would just be too easy. And I'd like to complain about this because it's right outside my office. Why is this happening? And why do we have to do it? I think one of the reasons is they like to get back at the management by shitting and laughing when they're done shitting just by like, I can't believe Ricky gets to smell my load because, well, let me not use the word load. That makes it sound like something else. Let me smell my gross poop because he made me work overtime. Well, I don't like this method because, yeah, Ricky's smelling your poop. So am I. And I can't even sit on that toilet because some of you gross people miss the toilet bowl. I don't know if you're hovering and it just like shoots out of you anywhere. It's kind of like a hose with your thumb on the spigot. You know, it just goes everywhere. So I don't know if your thumb is on your asshole when you poop, but what is going on? And why does everybody have diarrhea? What is going on at home where 90% of the people have diarrhea here? This, this is a real issue. Is it something in the water? Is it is it all the all the coffee people are drinking here? I don't understand it, but and it doesn't flush right away. At at your house, I trust that if you take a shit, you're gonna flush it and make sure it's gone. But for whatever reason, at work, you take a shit, half of it's still in the toilet. Eh, I did my part. I've done enough. So much like the billboard I want to rent for the bad drivers out there. Maybe I'll get a poster that says, hey, finish up in the bathroom, flush two, three times if you have to, and eat some fiber, and make sure that poop is not liquidy every time, because I'm concerned for you. I'm not concerned to the point where I'm going to ask you about it, but I am acknowledging the fact that I know you're out there, and I know you have the runs, and I just know you're not cleaned all the way. So please take care of that, Rochester postal workers. You're out there with the public, and you're touching the mail, and I know the sink is not always wet in that bathroom, and everybody's shitting, that sink should be drenched, but it's not. And please, think about the poor custodians that go in there and have to clean all of your excrement and just look at it and pick it up off the floor and the walls and the lid. Oh, I, I don't know how they come to work every day because it is always a nightmare in there. I kind of want to buy him a gift card and buy him some bounty because it is just a massacre. But the other thing, oh, this just came to me. The other thing is, why are you shitting here when we have like one ply toilet paper? I know that's not strong enough for some of you people. I, I see what these people look like and they are not tiny at times and I know it's taken more than one ply they need four to five plies and we just can't do it here because we can't afford it and that poor little one ply is not doing the job you're gonna need like a hose or some sort of bidet system to just fully clean it out so you're walking for eight hours on the streets and not reeking of whatever the hell you had for dinner that fell out of you at work. So that's all the time I have today, and I'll be back with something else that comes to my mind in Random House.